Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome again to Next Step Leadership Podcast. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds uh, having conversations with each other and with people that we want you, those who are in our audience, that we want you to hear from and to learn from. Uh, Tracy, each of these stories uh, kind of has its own angles and takeaways, but I mean, I, I love every one how wow, th- through through years of ministry, many years or just a few years, they've learned life lessons that uh, those in our audience need to learn. You know, that's right, Chris. And today is no exception. I've looked forward for a while to having Sean C. with us. Uh, Sean is the lead pastor at Athens Church, and I was just recognizing you guys are coming up like 20-year anniversary here at Athens Church here in just about a year. Uh, Sean, a little bit about him. He studied Christian counseling at Tacoa Falls College and then uh, theology at Dallas Theological Seminary in the late 90s. Worked at North Point Community Church in Alpharetta from 99 until coming to Athens, right? And you guys have been here closer to 20 than 15 at this point. Sean is married to Bonnie, has uh, three uh, children uh, as they're growing up, Boone and Bryson and Lola. And we are absolutely thrilled to have you with us today, Sean C. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. It's a real privilege to be able to hang out with some amazing men like you and uh, and the chance that we'd be able to empty a little bit of our cups into the folks that are listening um, is, is a great uh, privilege and honor. So yeah, thanks for having me. Good deal. Well, listen, Sean, I, I think that probably a lot of our listeners know of Athens Church or the North Point model. Uh, but man, I would love it if you just you know go a little bit further back than that. Tell us a b- bit about you and how we came yeah. to be sitting across uh, the airwaves today talking with each other. Yeah. So um, I'm in my early 50s. Um, I grew up in Metro Atlanta, and parents. Uh, this will this will really be a key part of what we talk about. But my parents were divorced when I was five. Grew up in a pretty broken home environment, and didn't really attend church that regularly. Um, but when I did, when I was 11 years old, I heard the gospel, put my trust in Christ as Savior. But I had no idea where to go from there or what to do. And, and again, I was in a really broken home environment. So for me, for the next 10 years, really just kind of wandered and uh, was just kind of all over the place, uh, making a lot of poor decisions. Uh, But by the grace of God, when I was in college, I met Jesus in a really personal way. And then I met the second best thing. I met Bonnie in a really personal way. (laughs) And uh, we were at Western Carolina at the time, uh, really started feeling this longing for ministry and whatnot. And so... Um, we, uh, transferred to Tacoa Falls. That's where I ended up finishing up. And while I was there, we were looking for a church and we heard that first Baptist church of Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, Dr. Charles Stanley had started a contemporary service. This is 1993. Okay. Um, so we're 30 years ago and, um, they started a contemporary service and his son, Andy was teaching there. And so, we went, we fell in love with it, drove about an hour and a half one way to go there and found out that he was discipling some college guys, which is what I was at the time. 
So I would wake up on Tuesday mornings and, uh, and I would leave, I'd wake up about four 30, leave my house, uh, about four 45, get to Buckhead to have breakfast with Andy and a few college guys. And he just began investing in my life. So my wife and I actually, when I graduated to Coe Falls, we actually both went on staff at First Baptist Atlanta for a year. While we were there is when, if you followed any of that story, Dr. Stanley and his wife um, began to get divorced. Andy left the staff, and it just felt like time for me to go to seminary. So we moved to Dallas and uh, was there in the late 90s, 95 to 99. And, man, so grateful for Dallas Seminary. Just what a great experience for me. Really, if nothing else, just learning the Word of God. Um, it was just such such an honor to learn under amazing people and be with some good friends as well. So while I was there, Andy and a group of people started North Point Community Church. And, you know, you're asking just briefly a little bit about like our, our model and our background, but really the heartbeat for North Point all along and for Athens Church as well has been we wake up thinking about the people who aren't here yet. We wake up thinking about the yeah. thousands of people in our city who don't have a relationship with Jesus, who don't have a church that they love. And that's just always been a driving passion for us. So um, I was hired there in 99. I worked there for five years. And then I had this church planter bug in me that I felt like I just had to get out at some point. And um, I'd taken church planting classes at Dallas. I actually thought about planning a church coming out of seminary. I tell this story often. I had a plan. I had a team. I was all ready to plan the church coming out of seminary. And then God spoke to me audibly. It was unbelievable. And the voice sounded exactly like my wife's voice. And, uh, <laughs> and he That's often the case. And God said in this feminine tone, Sean, that's a great idea. You're not ready to do that, um, which I was, I was not, wow. not excited to hear, but was mm-hmm. oh so true. And so, um, so, yeah, I was in my late 20s at the time. So I spent five years at North Point, loved it. Really, for me, that's where I learned the scripture at DTS, but I really learned the way that I wanted to try to reach people, creating environments um, at North Point. And so this idea of a partner church developed. So we moved 60 miles um, east to Athens, Georgia, uh, brought my family here at the time. My sons were four and two. Uh, they're currently 22 and 21, and so um, it's been an unbelievable journey. Um, our daughter Lola joined um, our family via adoption in 2009, and uh, we just absolutely love this city. I don't just love this city because we're back-to-back national champions, you know, but that is what it is. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you, for for us three who've been around Athens for a while, we we've been around for some lean days, that's for sure. So. Yep. Uh, we didn't Amen. just come here for football wins, that's for sure. Uh, but no, it's just an awesome, an awesome community, and Athens is is growing, and and uh, we're actually excited. We probably won't spend much time on this, but we're excited about launching another location in the city of Athens. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, it's going to be in the Beachwood Shopping Center. It's going to open um, in 2024, and it's really just um, honestly breaking off a piece of what's happening here, planning it a little bit closer into town, into another community. And hoping that we can, again, reach more people who don't currently have a relationship with Jesus, don't currently have a church that they love. And so that's the heart behind that. Just continues to help us keep uh, outward focus. And um, so, yeah, that's um, that's really a little bit of just like our heartbeat. Uh, we also, mm-hmm. um, we're not, I don't think we're on video, but if we were, you would see my Athens I Love You shirt that I'm wearing as well. Yep. That's become a real motto for us, just a way to tangibly love our city 
uh, we partner with nonprofit organizations that are already doing amazing work. And so, um, yeah, I would say that's another um, thing that's be- become a, a really key part of who we are and what we do and really a way that we communicate um, the love of God to the people of our city. So maybe more than you asked for, but that's, oh, that's, that's a little good. intro. No, that's that's just what we wanted, Sean. We wanted that, and and Tracy and I have uh, have so many friends and relatives that are part of of your church family, and so thank you for creating an environment where yes. they um, where they believe that they are welcomed and accepted there, but also they are choosing to welcome that assignment yeah. of bringing others uh, to be a part of of your family. So you're making a difference. Uh, you know, when you've spoken to our students. Emmanuel, and now I uh, just want to remind you that you are making a difference. Yes, so, sir. Tracy, and I want to thank you for that, for what you're doing and how you're doing that. Yeah, I'm personally very, very grateful, uh, Sean. And uh, it's beautiful to see what the Lord is doing. There's so many excellent churches around this city, and we celebrate what God is doing with Athens Church. Your college ministry is fantastic, and the fact that you're going to get even closer to Georgia. I, uh, my family is all full of Georgia degrees. Uh, so I was a Red Coat Band member for a couple of years, man, so That's I'm awesome. all about that. Once a dog, always a dog. <laughs> That's awesome. How sweet it that. is, baby. I love it. Well, man, I remember hearing an amazing podcast uh, a couple years ago, and as I was thinking about you sharing, uh, we could go in any number of directions, and I appreciate you that you've kind of caught us quickly up to where you are right now, but I would love to go revisit uh, some things that I know are at the heartbeat of the way that your teams work together for health. Uh, among your pastoral team and just spiritual health in ourselves, you know, just being not just holy, but healthy in, in a 360 comprehensive way mm-hmm. and how you kind of came to those kind of conclusions. And, and I just love to hear you talk about uh, some of those things. Uh, I love talking about it. So the story I would love to tell you is uh, the Holy Spirit just led me in this, and I was really responsive and obedient and sensitive to the Lord and just decided to implement this into our church. I would love to tell you that story. That wouldn't be a true story, um, so I'll tell you the true version instead. But if you want me to make that one up, that would be more um, more flattering for me for sure. Um, yeah, the story is, you know, I just gave a little tidbit in the intro about my story, but um, I've come to this conclusion Whatever we experience in the formative years of our lives, right, those, those home years, the first 15 to 20 years of our lives, when we get out of our home and move into the next place in life, we tend to think we have left those years behind us, but I have come to discover those years are inside of us. And that is, um, I think, an unbelievably powerful idea at any time, but at a time right now in our country and in Western society as a whole, where the family is battling the way it is and struggling the way it is. And you have just so many issues um, that individuals and families are facing. There are more people growing up with brokenness than ever before. So for me coming out of a divorce home and then my mom not being very much a part of my life and you know, as a public school kid my whole life, I'm, I'm not tall. I felt like I had to overly compensate my whole life. I've been an athlete, you know, most of my life. And I just have felt like I had to prove myself all the time. And so, and I'm already, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. I'm a D on the disc. I'm honestly all the things you don't want to be, right? You know, just so you know, you know, um, if you're those uh, uh, descriptions or whatever, 
because people tell you that you're those. You don't even have to take the Enneagram. They just tell you, oh, you're an eight. You're like, oh, okay. I guess that's who I am. So anyway, I have actually taken it, but people have uh, affirmed, confirmed it as well. So I've got this strong drive about me. So for me, my mentor, John Woodall, who's a massive part of my life, he talks about a combination between your wiring and your woundedness. And he says, when your wiring and your woundedness come together in the wrong way, it can be a very toxic combination, yeah. right? So for me, the strong driven leader, um, I really believe actually leadership is a spiritual gift that God has given me as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen that develop leadership and communication as I've trusted Christ. I believe that's a spiritual gift, but there's some wiring in there as well. But then you add to it coming from a place where I didn't have a great sense of identity. I didn't have a great um, sense of wholeness about my soul, you know, just the ability and we'll, we'll keep talking about this, but just the ability to just sit and be and to be okay with me mm. and with Jesus and, and not have to impress anybody or, you know, have to do anything that gets anybody's applause. Um, I, I didn't have that. So I had this drive. So the way that I have uh, kind of, uh, you know, observed my story now in my early fifties is I would tell you those first 15 to 20 years, had a lot of brokenness in them. Then I actually get married at age um, 21 years old. And so Bonnie, I've been married over 30 years now. So thankful for her. Just an amazing woman who has fought with me for our marriage. But for us, we were in school six of the first seven years we were married. I had two years of undergrad. We worked for a year, then four years of DTS. And so um, we were, you know, man, young and broke and living on love, right? You know what it's all all about. (laughs) Um, And so I honestly don't think um, our brokenness came through as clear in those years. Um, But as we got into the next chapter of life, um, I I will say they they began to be really obvious. But I'm going to pause real real quick here and make an observation. One of the books I'm going to refer to in a minute is a book called Soul Care by Dr. Rob Reamer. And I uh, have really, really enjoyed that, reading it with our, our team right now. And um, <clears throat> But in that book, he makes an observation. He says, if on a scale of 1 to 10, if you're emotional and spiritual health, if you're a 5, he says, number one, you're never going to lead an organization that's more than a 5. You're never going to lead an organization that goes beyond where you are because as the leader, you set the pace. But he also says, when you get married – you are rarely going to marry someone that is substantially above, uh, substantially above or behind where you are. You're usually going to marry someone because honestly, if they're super mature, they're too smart to marry a goofball like you or me, right? <laughs> and um, and if they're you know unbelievably immature, then you're probably not going to be incredibly drawn to them. So you tend to attract right. people in a similar level to where you are, which is why you know as a couple and as an organization, you got to grow together. And so I, I love this idea of growth. So, so back to the, the story. So we're in our 20s. We're finishing school. We're young. We're broke. We're in love. A uh, lot, of, lot of great things there. Then um, in 99, when I moved to North Point, over the next 10 years, um, I, we had three children. We um, actually had a couple of miscarriages in there as well. Um, I started Athens Church, and Athens Church began to um, grow and, and see um, some progress and influence, which I'm, I'm humbled by. But I would say for me, the pressure of life began squeezing in on me. Mm-hmm. And think um, garlic press for a minute. You know what I mean? You put a clove of garlic in a press. Mm-hmm. You start squeezing it. 
and that garlic starts to come out. What's in there starts to come out. And that's why I say that when you get past those formative years, you think they're behind you, but they're inside you. And when the pressures of life begin, begin squeezing in on you, what's in there is ultimately going to come out. And so that's what happened for me. And man, this next part is really, really um, unenjoyable for me to talk about, but it is mm-hmm. true and it's important. And the folks, um, specifically, I think the young leaders, really any season of life, but the young leaders listening to this, I think it's just so vitally important that they um, track with this and process it in their own lives. <clears throat> but what happened for me was I became a very harsh, critical, angry, demanding, finger-pointing, unhappy uh, father and husband and leader. Interestingly enough, it was coming out less in my professional life and more in my personal life. I think, I think, I don't know, rationalizing, I think I probably thought, well, if I behave this way at work, they'll fire me. If I behave this way at work, at home, they'll tolerate me. Um, and, and I don't think I thought through it that clearly, but I think that was probably running in the background of my mind. But I'll just tell you guys, um, I mean, for me, honestly, the greatest regrets of my life in terms of just being uh, short fuse and easily angered and powering up. And I just I couldn't handle the chaos of life and children and, and, and all that was coming with it. And so um, there was a defining moment um, in our lives. And I remember the weekend distinctly. It was Labor Day weekend, 2012. And we were living in East Athens and the kids are young. And again, churches, um, you know, doing what it is and we're doing kids activities and all those things. And I'm making breakfast for the kids one morning. And um, for whatever reason, one of the kids is not eating the food the way they I want them to or whatever. Something in life is not working the way that I want it. And I have... Um, said many times an explosion went off in our home and the explosion was me. And it was, again, the powering up, the anger, the demanding, the, and so what happens is Bonnie is in the other room. Bonnie comes in the room to engage with me being too harsh with the kids. And, you know, as you can imagine, I don't respond to that very well. So now I'm mad at her because I feel like she's like dishonored or disrespected me when she was really just trying to get me to, you know, chill out and be normal. And, um, and so now I'm angry at everybody. Literally everybody in our house is crying. I'm slamming doors. I'm punching walls. And I just, guys, I had tried so hard to get a handle on this. I just didn't know what to do. And what, what the reality was the brokenness in my soul was starting to come out. And so that day she got on the phone little did I know, called my mentor. Uh, My mentor said, call his two accountability partners. And in very short order, some people in my life were more aware than ever before of the brokenness in my life. That eventually made its way to our elders. Um, And I was unbelievably humiliated by this. I was started off being just angry and defensive at Bonnie. Well, if you would just, then I wouldn't, you know, if you guys would just, Mm -hmm. and you know, your finger pointing and all that. And um, it took me honestly close to a year to finally get to the place to where I could begin taking any ownership of this. And um, 
my and I'll and I'll pause here right after this. But my mentor came in the summer of 2013. Came to uh, our elder meeting and said, "What if we gave Sean the gift of time?" Now, in my ministry world, sabbatical was not a part of what we do. Um, it's it's not a part of the North Point culture, and. Um, and so they agreed to give me a couple of months to try to get healthy. And so I'd love to talk more um, about what all went into that. But it just telling my story, it leads up to that Labor Day 2012, then that year of being defensive and protecting, and then the elders saying, all right, what if we give Sean the gift of time? And I'll just tell you this, that in that time, God met me in a way that he never has before. And it ended up being wow. a real pivot point in my life and ultimately our church and ministry as a whole. Boy, Sean, thank you for being honest. Yes. Thank you for telling that story. Uh, there's so many guys that uh, that have gone through similar situations but maybe haven't dealt with it ever or haven't had the right people around them in their lives to help them um, just kind of hit that pause button and evaluate how they're doing and then take the right steps uh, to make the right decisions. We want to end this episode and we'll, let's just pick up right here. And the next time we talk to you, um, but I appreciate your honesty, Tracy and I want to thank you for your honesty because in the middle of, uh, the uncertainty that we're all facing at different times and the stress and the tension of life and ministry, uh, we need to hear stories like this that will help us find ways to make our next steps, our best steps. Can I, um, can I leave us with one question if you don't mind? Sure. Um, a question that got asked to me during that period of time was asked by Jeff Henderson in a series we did here at Athens Church. And he asked the question, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Other side of me. What's it like to be my husband, my spouse, my kid, my coworker? And I would just say, as you hear my story, one thing I think you can walk away from this is just ask the people around you, what is it like to be on the other side of you? And then you can begin to get a more holistic picture of where your health level is at this phase in life. Something to ask your roommates, something to ask your teammates. It's a, uh, it's a really powerful and revealing question. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Things fail.